Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and welcome to a genuine chat. Um, here's Rachel, my very good friend, and today we're going to be talking about balance. Yes. And balance in the sense of balancing your life as a whole. Yes. There's much talked about work-life balance, for example, and yeah. that conversation we had this morning before this call was about historically, rather than hysterically, <laughs> um, there was a far less separation between work and life. Mm -hmm because it was what you did. Yes. If you had been um, a farmer in the Middle Ages, for example, yes. um, your whole life was taken up with, with creating uh, your produce. Yes. And it was a seasonal thing, but when there was the opportunity to have some downtime because yes. of the seasons, then there would be an opportunity to celebrate, to make merry and so on. Yes. But there was a greater sense of, of continuity and connection with, this, with, with nature and with the seasons yeah. uh, and a natural balance within that. Yeah. Um, and we live at a time when we see work and life very often as very separate. Yeah, I can remember when this phrase started to, to be sort of bandied around at uh, work in sort of the um, 90s and the early noughties. And um, I can remember thinking, and I'm sure everybody thinks this, hang on a minute, work like, like it's two separate things, work life, two separate things. How, and it's quite a false dichotomy that's sold to us that you know, work-life balance, this phrase itself I think is, in my opinion, very meaningless. <laughs> I understand what it's trying to get at, yeah. I do understand why, but, but you cannot have work separate to your life. You do not... Well, maybe some people do die when they go to work. I don't know. But you don't, you don't come out of your body to go to work and live like something else. You are living whilst at work. We are the common denominator. Yes. We take us <laughs> wherever we go. However, I do think that in every part of our lives, there needs to be a balance. Yes. And that I think for many people, working long hours and the rise of technology which has created no boundary between working time and home time has created all sorts of challenges and difficulties for people yes and that the life their life has become out of kilter yes and when we lack that sense of balance when we're not recharging our batteries yes in some way yeah then things get very difficult and health begins to suffer. Yeah, there's another quote I saw where, where people think that in order to be happy, you have to be successful. But it's the other way around. If you get happy, then you will be successful. Yes, I think that's very true. And 
you know, our modern day living has, has skewed all sorts of things. Yeah. Let's look at the balance, for example, between rewards for different roles. In Mm. You know, there was in the news this week there was um, a, a footballer who had been offered a million pounds a week um, with a contract with China. Now, put that, <laughs> set that against, for example, people who work in the NHS who will work a 12 hour shift five days a week um, against significant difficulties, or people who work, you know, um, you know you're thinking about the uh, the third world where people are working a 14 hour day in order to eat. Mm. There is a huge skew, isn't there, in terms of what's balanced, yes. what's sensible. Um, and I think we live in a time where it's very easy to um, recognise extremes. Yeah. Think of the weather. There was a news report this morning which said <coughs> that we are... Since 1963, mm -hmm. we've not had um, as cold uh, a winter, yep. but we've had the 10 hottest summers. The yep. balance in terms of weather um, is out of whack. It's much more extreme. Yep. People go on yo-yo diets. They go on eating very little and then they, they binge. Yes. We live in a, in a world where extremes have become, I think, far more normal than perhaps um, is good for us. And I think fundamentally, I mean, if you think about the act of balance, then there is jeopardy on either side. Absolutely. Yeah? Think about a trapeze artist or even riding a bike, actually, yeah. was the Einstein quote that we put in the text um, about needing to have momentum in order to keep balance. But, but if you talk about balance, then, then the, the opposite side of it is that there's some, there's some form of unbalance, there's like a, a, a jeopardy moment to it. And I think a lot of modern society re rejects that feeling of jeopardy, they, that you don't want to feel too extreme, that you're scared of feeling sorrow, you're, you're scared even of feeling great joy because you're suspicious about what comes next. And so people try to create that, that balance by widening the line between chaos and order. Um, and... And that makes life anodyne, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, ultimately, if you, let's think about diet. Mm. I think it's quite a useful analogy in the sense that most people, most of the time these days, are eating what I call a very beige diet. Lots of processed foods, lots of mm. you know, buffet foods are very often beige, aren't they? They're full of yeah. pastry or breadcrumbs or, or, or batter or yeah. fried. We know the research is very clear that the best diet is one that's rainbow. Lots of different fruit and vegetables, mm -hmm. um, as many different coloured ones as you can, which create a balance within your gut, which then encourages good uh, bacteria, which in itself supports good health. Yeah. Now, if you use that analogy in terms of our life, we need um, a diet, if you like, with variety. Yeah. Um, been reading a really good book, and we're going to talk about that um, at, at some point in the future, yeah. Lost Connection by Johan Harley, yeah. who talks about if you are in a job where you are bored, where you feel it has no point, that can lead to deep, deep depression. Yeah. Yet people will often have a job that is 
uninteresting, but balance that by doing things outside work, which give mm -hmm. them great joy and satisfaction. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it it doesn't take away the fact that they're perhaps not working doing their what's their true purpose, but there is they can manage it mm -hmm. healthily because there is a balance within mm -hmm. their lives. Yeah. But if it's all one, yes. In the same way that if you live a totally hedonistic life. It might feel wonderful in the moment, but it won't do any good in the, in the medium to long term. I think it was Aristotle quote said uh, that you should live life as you do um, at a banquet. You should raise from the table, um, feeling sated but not overfull. You know, before you before you invite too much, basically. I, you know, have a sense of perspective, have yes. a sense of um, contentment about. Um, uh, a gracious amount. Um, I'm trying to remember the quote that my mum always used to say when she when she'd had yeah you know, quite enough. Yeah. Once she'd stopped feeling hungry, that was fine. Yeah, you know, she didn't continue to, to go on and on and on just because she could. So one of the really difficult things I think for people when we start to talk about work-life balance, for example, mm -hmm. is that in modern-day living there is this sense that you have to deliver in a particular way or you're not going to succeed. Mm. So if I take myself back to when I first started working, um, most houses had a telephone attached to the wall with a wire. Um, and correspondence, particularly to do with work, was um, typed yeah. and posted. Yeah. Stale mail. Yeah. And you left work and for most people, with most jobs, they left work at work. Yes. They came home and they focused on family life. Yes. That's shifted because the technology mm -hmm. has given people the opportunity to work 24-7. Mm. Now, it's just simply because it's there doesn't mean we have to do it. No, in actual fact, I was reading a blog by um, uh, a chap who works with uh, lots of authors and writers to, yeah. to promote their work. Dan Blank, and he was talking in his blog about the fact that he shocked someone by saying he doesn't have Facebook app on his phone. Yes. And they were, you know, like, what? What's, what do you mean? What yeah. do you mean you don't have Facebook? And he said, no, I've made an absolute choice. He, he was calling it um, the choice to be creative. So he, he did not want his attention to be dragged away in the moment by these apps, these temptations yes. on his phone. So he uses his phone as a tool and he's really, really disciplined about what he allows on and what he allows yeah. them to do whilst they're on the phone. Yes. Think, these apps that want access to your camera and your location and so on and so forth. And, um, and although that in certain moments disables his ability to do certain things, it's only, it is only for a, a short while. Yes. You know, in this particular instance, he made a note of what the, the author wanted. And when he got back to his PC, his work desk, where he goes into work mode, yes. he was able to connect to Facebook on his PC and do what was necessary. So, and he was talking about the fact that, you know, that there are choices that we can make. There Absolutely. Are, you know, what is important to you? And, and you, you don't have to follow the, the general run of things. You can make other choices. Like, yeah. just because you're on Facebook doesn't mean to say that you have to have it on every device that is always around you. Or that you have to keep at it yeah yeah you know, there is an off button but also you know if you are with other people then 
turn off the facility mm. or simply be disciplined enough not to look at it. Mm. Focus on on the moment, on being with that person. Yeah. Because otherwise there will be a sense that the phone and what's going on on the phone, for example, is more important than the person. Yes. The balance within the relationship gets a real jolt. Yes. Because if you are talking to someone as we are talking now, yeah. looking at one another, yeah. um, then ultimately um, what we, you are doing is you are saying you're important. Yes. I value this conversation. Yes. The moment you switch over, take your attention away from that person and start looking at your phone, yeah. you've broken rapport and there is a subliminal message, which is what's going on on my phone is much more important than you. Yeah. And that's very disruptive to any relationship, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the rules that I have around my children's use of phones is that when they come to the table to eat, they put their phones yeah. down. And often um, I, they will argue, because often my children are just sat uh, with one another eating. And I'm in the kitchen preparing the next meal. <laughs> and, um, and my daughter will be like, well, I'm not talking to my brother. So, and I say, no, that's not the point. You need to get into the habit of basically being at a table and not having your phone yeah. as your companion. Yeah having another person as your companion, even if you choose not to talk to them. But nevertheless, it's a very different dynamic to coming and sitting at a table with somebody and having your phone there, yeah. coming and sitting at a ta table and, and having, hopefully, companionable silence yeah. <laughs> between you. <laughs> I mean, let's, I'm, I'm interested, really, in exploring the work-life thing. Because if you look at the research, there's more and more research that says that people who... Um, who work very long hours, mm -hmm. who don't have um, the opportunity to um, recharge their batteries by getting out in nature, taking some exercise, having some relationship time, mm -hmm. um, some downtime, mm -hmm. some opportunity to be creative, mm -hmm. that performance may go up in the short term, yeah. but it will plateau or, or fall significantly yeah. Uh, over what is a relatively short space of time, yeah. and that sense of, of that having you know if you're emptying out the vessel, you've got to keep back filling it. Yeah. So you know for bosses out there, recognizing that your team are going to be much more effective, efficient, creative, better problem solvers mm -hmm. if there are clear boundaries between work yes. and when you go home. Yes. And that you as a boss, um, when you model that for your staff, that's important. It's no good saying we want good, great, great work-life balance and then you send them emails at 11 o'clock at night. Mm. Even if you don't expect them to answer them, mm. other people will believe that there is an expectation that because they've come at 11 o'clock, mm. they need to do something with it. Yeah, because uh, behaviour uh, is modelled, isn't it? It yeah. certainly is. And the same with your children. If you are on your devices all the time or you're at work all the time, you miss all of the important things in their lives, they will believe that they have less value. Mm. Uh, we, we were looking at an article yesterday, weren't we, which was looking at, you know, be, be wholly present yeah. in what you do. Yeah. And I think that that's important, you know, the giving 100%. 
um, is important. Mm -hmm. I mean, her strategy with her children was to sit them down and say, right, you've got all of these things going on. Which are the important ones where you think you want me to be there? Mm -hmm. And I'll do my very best to get there. Um, she was her own boss and that was easy. It's yes. much more difficult if you are um, within a team where you don't have that power to make that decision. Mm. But inevitably, I think, you know, having the conversation with your children and saying, look, I'm working and it's difficult to get time off, but I want to be there for you. Mm. Which are the, you know, you've got three or four events at the end of term, mm. all in school time, all in work time. You know, let's choose one and I'll take time off to come to the one which is the one that you'd most like to be mm. there. Mm. You're teaching your children a whole range of things that there is a balance between my commitment to work or to someone else and my commitment to you. Mm. But actually, I, that's important to me and I want to honour that. Mm. But let's do it in a balanced way. Mm. And also, I think you, you have to... You have to understand, in order to be have a sense of peace and contentment and happiness, you have to understand that life is a sine wave. You know, there are times when you'll be up and there'll be times when you're down. How would you know if you were up if you didn't have the contrast? Exactly. And, and it's necessary. It is, it is necessary. It's, it's almost like the rhythm of the universe. Yes. You know, you, there is not a life out there uh, on the planet that is having the same experience, the same emotional range, day on, day out, you know, never changing. It just, it's not out there in the universe. Change is constant in that regard. But, but it does have a balance to it. If you are, if you are able to be aware of that, because that sweet spot, that, that, that line between the yin and the yang is tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, but the idea is that you, you do place your feet upon that tightrope and that's where you will find balance and contentment. And it is not in the, you're not then immune to either side of the yin and yang, the joy and the chaos, you know, you're, you're not, it, they still happen. The sine wave still comes and washes across you. But I do think you can move between the two. Exactly. That's more resonant. Yeah, it stops knocking you off so that you're then submerged in one particular unbalanced versus the net the other extreme yeah. you, you you find it much more able to live that uh, equal equilibrium happiness life. often i think comes with that equilibrium that recognizing that you know um life can be really challenging yeah. and have a, a recognition that negative emotions are are a normal part of living yeah recognizing them acknowledging them and then dealing with what they're trying to tell you yeah. gets you back into the place of happiness joy and contentment yeah. much more quickly yeah. but i think people lose sight of when you think difficult things happen yeah they can very easily lose sight that actually things will readjust yes and you can readjust more quickly Yes. When you're able to recognise that, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow. Tomorrow is a new day. Yeah. That you will have an opportunity to have a new start. Yes. Um, and in, in that recognition, you can get to that place much more quickly. Because the most, the most beautiful art, the most, you know, the, the, the classics of beauty that 
call upon our souls and pretty much to a man um, everybody will agree that you know that's that's beautiful that's art some some of the um the greek statues and so on and so forth that are based on a forgotten principle but that that's uh Fibonacci, yes, am I right? I'm probably misquoting it. Um, that has a balance to it, that has a symmetry, that has... But it's interesting because if you see the Fibonacci, um, is it the spiral, spiral. Um, that is repeated time and time in nature. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know, at a deep subconscious level, all of us, as we are animals, we want to be in tune with nature. We, so we see yeah. that balance and that resonates at a deep, deep level with us. And I think one of the reasons why modern day living can feel so unbalanced is that we've got out of kilter with nature. Yes. Um, that, you know, how often, you know, to people who are watching this, how often do you actually get out there, get outside, notice what's going on? Yeah. I'm sure you're outside all the time, but you know, truly in the moment. Yeah. Or even travel from your head yeah, you, into the rest of your body. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, most people, I think, um, are loath to do that because oh. they don't want to. They don't want to hear what the body's got to say. Oh. I know. I'm, I'm, That's another subject. Isn't it? <laughs> um, I have to say, for, for years and years and years, I deliberately turned off my body because I didn't want to feel the pain and I didn't want to, mm. to hear what it said. And, it's not physical pain, but I think for many people it's the emotional pain, and they, they shut it down. And in doing so, they really tie themselves into a straitjacket that, yes. that keeps them very limited and very small. Yes. But you know, whether you do it in your head or whether you get out there, being open to possibilities, being pure, mm. curiosity is such an incredible way of exploring things and finding balance. Mm. Uh, you know, and I, we've talked a lot about being childlike. Mm. If you look at very young children, they have this insatiable curiosity about the world. And mm. you know, they might be crying one minute, but it doesn't last because they then find something else to be curious about that takes their attention away. Mm. And I think as adults, we've got a huge amount to learn from those small children about creating a sense of balance. Yes. They can also create a sense of chaos very easily. Um, I was in a restaurant last night and there was a toddler who was creating chaos. <laughs> but the balance moving through the sine wave of life. <laughs> uh, and the balance was that you know the parents were um, their attention was on what they were doing. Um, and that child felt that the balance was wrong and, and what actually just wanted a couple. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, as we look at balance, how can we help you recognise that you can have balance in your life? Mm. Um, even if you, there are huge demands upon you, that creating that sense of equilibrium mm. um, is an important one. And I think there are certain areas where you have got control over what you do. One is about self-care. That it often takes no more time to take care of oneself mm -hmm. than it does not to take care of yeah. oneself. So things like diet, mm -hmm. they're making sure that you have 
a balanced diet, yes. one where it's not all based on processed food. Yes. Um, that you do get some um, some outside time and ideally some exercise because it's a great balancer to all of those stress hormones. Yes. Um, that you that you give yourself permission mm. to do things that fill you up, whether that's listening to music or it maybe doing some art or something yeah. creative. It could be as simple as giving yourself permission to read a book for half an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, when you add up how much time people spend watching television, yeah. um, you know, I would suggest you ask the question, are you watching things that actually fill you up? Mm -hmm. Or are they things that just anesthetize you? Yes. And you know, many of the soaps, for example, mm -hmm. they model angry, dissatisfied, mm -hmm. uh, unhappy people mm -hmm. because it makes a great story. Oh, it is a drama. <laughs> You, it's very easy to think that that's real life and that yeah. has to be how your life yeah, is. Exactly, yeah. um, when life is in total equilibrium, it doesn't necessarily make a great story, does it? No, in fact, actually, you know, as an author, often the greatest, the most interesting storylines are in an unbalanced person, uh, you know, a character who is having to go through great trauma or, and often if they are just balanced and peaceful I mean if that was your main character then the story doesn't really go anywhere but usually aren't the main characters or the characters who are in that place of, of chaos unbalanced isn't the story about them achieving balance? yeah yeah well there's got to be an arc there's got to be movement yes and um, it's not necessarily that they always have to come to the opposite of the emotion that you started with the map but but most of the great stories do move the character because... Um, because and they may not just go once, but there's, there's a movement oh, to yeah. and fro, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, that sine wave again. And it's useful in, in, in stories to place a, a person who is totally balanced, place them in there to, yeah. so the main character can interact with, it, with them. Because, because again, you're, you're creating the tension of, look where the main character is, what, what they're yeah. suffering, um, versus yeah. the ideal. But if you certainly, if you took somebody who was very peaceful and very balanced and placed them in the main, as the main focus, then, then the story would feel, to most people, quite sort of pointless. Okay, because, and then, and then again, so this is about, about the balance of life. The, the journey towards that state is where the joy is. <laughs> it's not necessarily, you know, always about... Uh, you know, getting to that, but it's, it's not in the movement around it, it. Life is not about staying in one place. No, exactly. That's, life yeah. is a journey. Yeah. And I would say, as we finish this, you know, you are the author. Every one of you that's watching this, you are the author of your own life story. Mm. So, doesn't it make sense to make yourself the hero or the heroine? Mm. Yes, you're going to have trials and tribulations. That's called life. But actually creating the opportunity where you can um, create all of the um, all of the ingredients, if you like, mm. to help you achieve balance and happiness yeah. more frequently, more deeply. Yes. It's not about being in a single place. It is about recognizing that this is a journey with ups and downs. And we learn so much more about ourselves and 
uh, about life in those moments of challenge. But it's how do you get through them with grace and ease? That, that is why uh, the trapeze artists extend their arms to embrace life yes. on both sides, whilst and keeping themselves balanced in the middle. So if you're interested in creating that balance more frequently, then my suggestion is that you take up the Seven Day Happiness Challenge. Um, it's now out as a, a, a free uh, video series and there's a book that's there to, created to help you sustain happiness in a more balanced and more sustainable way. Yeah. So you know, go and have a look. It's on Amazon. It's also on the website, which is genuinely .com. Now. This week has been very special because Rachel has published her <laughs> second book, The Truth of Her, um, which is the second in what I think is going to be a trilogy. Um, uh, and I've read the book, it's absolutely brilliant. So uh, The Truth of Her, you can find it on Amazon, you can also find it on my website, and uh, I would really urge you to go and get that. So, calls to action. If you don't take action, nothing will change. Buy Rachel's book and read it, <laughs> and go and take up the Seven Day Happiness Challenge, either through the video or through the book. Genuinely, hyphen in the word you.com. We look forward to seeing you the next time. You take care. Bye-bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.